Welcome to NCBA's Cattleman's Call podcast with host Lane Nordland. All right, friends, welcome back to this holiday edition of the Cattleman's Call podcast. As Dan McCarty, our announcer, uh, introduced us, I'm Lane Nordland, your host. And as we focus on Christmas 2021, I am joined by two leaders in the cattle and beef business, Mr. Don Schiefelbein from Kimball, Minnesota, President-elect of NCBA and Policy Division Chair of NCBA, Mark Isley from the Cheyenne, Wyoming area. Don, I'll start with you. How are things going on this December day? Oh, on this December day, we got our first below zero temperatures. So we are figuring out how to handle winter again, but uh, doing it in remarkable fashion. Well, I'm glad some cooler weather is headed your way. Uh, uh, Mark, I, I believe you are getting some wind. Uh, we, we had about six, seven inches of snow over the weekend. It was about zero degrees here in north central Montana. And then we got those famous Chinook winds and the, uh, the snow is gone and it's about probably 50 degrees. Not what we're looking for here in the middle of December. Uh, but Mark, how are things in Wyoming? Well, we've had the wind, but we're thinking we're going to get the... Uh snow that you had you're going to send some of it our way we've been enjoying the warm weather it's been great to get a lot of uh, ranch projects done but I'm waiting for winter to return. Well, we, we're we waiting for it again, too. I don't know if uh, either of you had heard last week we had three huge wildfires, actually about four miles from where my wife and I's homestead is at, and uh, it burned about, uh, I believe, and it sounds like three high school kids somehow started this fire in the wee early morning hours. Uh, it burned, I believe, nine homes, 30 structures in total, uh, about two hours east of here in central Montana, uh, the community of Denton. Uh, uh, multiple houses, structures, elevators burn this small little farm and ranch community. Uh, that community is, is, is strong. They're coming together. But uh, who would have thought we would have been having catastrophic wildfires and damages to our communities in December? And throw in the devastation in Kentucky and parts of the south with the severe weather and then also the wildfires and damage that occurred in Kansas recently as well. Our hearts go out to every one impacted by natural disaster and wildfire for all of our friends tuning in here in december 2021 uh, i just just have everyone that's been impacted by the drought and wildfire no matter if it was here this month or throughout the year let's just keep them in our thoughts and prayers it's been a tough go for so many in the business this time of year though uh gentlemen it, it is a time where family and friends come together they, they can rejoice in all the the good that has happened in this year they can look back on all the bad times but at the end of the day when you're surrounded with family and with friends and celebrating the holiday season there is nothing better and uh what well, as we prepare for for christmas i gotta ask both of you ha have you bought your spouse's christmas gifts yet that is the main question mark have you have you made it into the the local co-op to to maybe pick something out or are you going to wait till christmas eve uh, I took care of uh, my wife Trudy earlier. Uh, she wanted to remodel on the bathroom. She got her she got her Christmas present already. <laughs> Perfect, Don. How about you? I tell you what, I gave up on selecting presents for my wife thirty years ago, and I found out the hard way that all of a sudden we had a garage sale lane <laughs> and all the presents I had given her the previous five years were for sale at discounted prices. So we got off that bandwagon about 30 years ago. 
Well, I've been only married a handful of years, and um, I, I think it's only going to get more difficult in trying to find these <laughs> gifts. <laughs> but yeah, I, I let her do her own choosing now, Lane. <laughs> that's kind of what I, I let my wife do. She she kind of tells me what she wants, and I, I try to listen. But you know, my dad has always been famous uh, for always uh, waiting till uh, Christmas Eve, and he runs down to the sporting goods store and our fleet <laughs> uh, fleet supply. <laughs> And uh, but but the best part about that is I know I'm always going to get a pair or two of Goodwill socks and some nice insulated leather work gloves. So the older I get, I actually look forward to it. And if he doesn't get me one of those, I kind of think, wow, was the co-op closed by the time he got there? Um, but uh, we're we're all. Always... Well, I just made mention. I just made mention to Jennifer last night. I said, boy, I'm getting some holes in my socks. And she said, well, if you get a little better, maybe Santa will bring you some. <laughs> oh, it's it's the joys of getting new socks. And, and maybe maybe some long johns. I'm always a fan when, when the long johns are, are in a stocking stuffer as well. But <laughs> as I mentioned, this truly is a time where folks come together and celebrate, uh, of course, the Christmas holiday. And uh, for, for, for yourselves, it, it is tough being away from your families. You volunteer so much going out and uh, uh, in your leadership positions on, on the policy uh, chairmanship, Mark, or, or as now president-elect, soon to be president of NCBA, Don, on your end. You spend a lot of time away from the home operation. And to be able to, to look at these holidays, sit down, and, and truly uh, be surrounded by your loved ones is so important. And, and Don, what, what what does Christmas mean to you? Let, let's just maybe start with that. What what does Christmas mean to you as a producer, as a husband, a father, a brother, a son? What, what does it mean to you? You know, to me, it's one of those moments when it's time to refocus once again, right? And remember the reason for the season. And I guess that's what uh, we do in our outfit is we kind of reflect back on the year and remember that going forward, you got to have a purpose in life and make sure you stay focused on that purpose. Yep. So true. M Mark, same question. What, what does Christmas and the holiday season mean to you? Oh, it, it's all about family. It's watching the generations celebrate it, it, it from different perspectives. It's, it's getting together like we should and when we can. And uh, sometimes remembering who can't be there or won't be there as life progresses. But yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a great season, and we look forward to it. We think how grateful we are. Uh, where our setting is, you know, our livestock, uh, Mother Nature, good or bad. I think we enjoy those things tremendously. No, and, and I'm glad you pointed out the, the and thinking about our, our friends and family that, that aren't there, that have shaped our lives and, and our decisions of, of, uh, of growing the careers in the lifestyles that we lead. It's so important to think about our loved ones that, that have passed on. Um, but uh, those that do believe in the Christmas holiday and, and the gospel, this is just Lane Nordland talking. Um, we, we know we will celebrate uh, that, that again someday, seeing them um, uh, down the road, those loved ones who have passed. And uh, what, what, what is one of your first memories of Christmas? Maybe one of those things that you asked Santa for that, that, uh, that maybe you got, maybe you didn't get. What, what were some of those initial things that you remember back in the day uh, celebrating Christmas in Minnesota, Don? Well, I can remember the fondest gift I got was uh, a radio. And this would have been back, geez, I don't know, 40-some, 50 years ago, almost, I guess, maybe 50 years ago. And I was so delighted with it. was AM, FM, both. 
and I could have my very own radio by my bed, and guess what? It had an alarm clock on it as well, and it was like the greatest gift I ever received. <laughs> and you probably listen to your local farm broadcaster share the market news and ag news every single morning and at noon on that radio, right? I am just a bit quirky. You've got me pegged, Lane. <laughs> well, well, thank you for supporting your, your local farm broadcaster at a very young age. <laughs> and Mark, what, what were some of those, uh, something you asked uh, Santa for back in the day that, that's truly one of your fondest memories of the season? Uh, I, the one I, that comes to mind that, that probably was a, a landmark was I was uh, six years old, and I my father is quite a horseman and a great horse breaker, and uh, I could hardly wait till and I finally did get my first saddle, and that was monumental because he'd always made me ride bareback and do all these what seemed like out of the way things, and I said why can't I have a saddle? There was my reward, and I still have that little saddle today. It's still in our saddle house. Oh, that's oh, that cool. That is neat. That's cool. No, it, it, it's those little things that, especially those things that you can actually work with and and, and uh, go out, be horseback with someone. I, that's just cool, Mark. I, and I'm sure it's been uh, handed down and, and used by, by your kids and grandkids along the way, too, still. Yeah, my, uh, my uh, kids grew up with it, and I think my granddaughter will probably end up with it. And that's the way it should be. That's cool. Well, you know, as we talk about family and friends uh, near or far away, um, again, when when you sit down and you, you celebrate this season, what, what are some of the traditions that your family does every single year? Mark, I'll start with you. What, what are some of those things that maybe uh, continue on from when you were young? Or what are some of those things you look most forward to when it comes to the holiday season? Uh one of the things I remember fondly growing up was my dad loved to take us out to look for Christmas trees with his four-wheel drive pickup, which was a novelty at that time. Nobody in the neighborhood had one. And then as I got older and I had my own pickup truck, we got into this who can drive the best in their four-wheel drive pickup without getting stuck in the search for the Christmas tree. And I always lost, no matter how clever I was or what I thought I could do or what my style was. And it was okay. It was still the upper, uh, the older elders teaching the younger generation how to do things. And uh, when we got that tree home, that was a real accomplishment. It was a good meal afterwards, and, and it was a lot of fun. And, and we look forward to some different variations on that. But that one in particular sticks in my mind. And Donnie, how about yourself? What are some of those traditions that that you that you hold fondly? Well, I, I guess we kind of operate around the three F's at Christmas. That is faith, family, and feasting. And we do that to this day. That's kind of the three F's is what we practice, especially on Christmas Eve. So we all gather as a family. We go to church on Christmas Eve. And we go to one of the houses. It's usually my house where the entire family meets and we feast. And it's usually just a protein everything. And so we'll have lobster and we'll have shrimp and we'll have prime rib and we'll have tri-tips and you name it, we'll have it. And it's just kind of an enjoyable event where the kids compete with lots of events that we have going on downstairs and the adults are eating as much as they possibly can and everybody's laughing and just enjoying the fact that uh, we're about to start a new beginning. Well, 
I, I think you said that so well, the, the three F's that, that describe the holiday season, because and we all know it, uh, the holiday season gets commercialized so much, but to be able to come together and really just truly see and appreciate what matters in this world, and that, of course, is family and uh, being able to to feed our families, not just during the holidays, but year round and playing a role as uh, cattle producers, that comes even closer to our hearts. And you mentioned protein. I'm assuming there's some beef there, Don. Oh, yeah. The the center of the plate's the prime rib that we do. And for our family, that means two prime ribs come and that's along with all the other proteins that we have. And like I said, it's a smorgasbord of proteins. <laughs> Mark, what, what is the specialty on the, on the center of the dining room table for, for your family? Well, you know, the prime rib has, has cycled back through and has replaced almost all our holiday meals as the main course. And we look forward to that without fault. It, uh, it's the highlight in addition to all the side dishes, but uh, that's still our favorite. Uh, we, of course, always do prime rib, and we also uh, do lobster and crab as well, just kind of a little, uh, you know, a little surf and turf there. And uh, But I, I think I'm going to take over the cooking of the prime ribs. I kind of took that over at my mom that my parents had just moved into their new house that they had put up right before Christmas last year, and I kind of took charge of cooking that prime rib because my mother, bless her heart, when it comes to prime ribs, she just she cooks them a little too long and uh she she's kind of known to, to murder our meat uh, a little too much she she uh she she likes uh, a well-done steak and that's something that uh, we've never been able to wean her off of so i think i'll be uh, be cooking that that prime rib just because she she <laughs> she she likes it the way she likes it we're never going to get her off that so i think i'll take that responsibility and and she can she can cook the cook the the seafood uh, maybe maybe she'll be okay with that well lane we spread our risk out and have two different people cook the prime ribs to make sure that uh, the competition is in there to make sure who can do the best well exactly that that's maybe what we should do my mom might step up her game a little bit there and, and not uh <laughs> not put that uh prime rib in too early but she does cook a really good uh, uh like it's like a sweet potato casserole thing and that's i mean if she doesn't cook that it's almost a riot on our hands at at, at my parents uh, she always cooks christmas eve so uh if she doesn't cook that uh, that that is the one delicacy that she pulls off every single year she's a great cook but uh, when it comes to meat she just has to stay away traeger actually a traeger has helped her cook a little better because she always likes to keep it on there longer well that traeger is a little slower at cooking steaks and whatnot so that's actually saved uh, saved uh, my parents from dis- disagreements on, on how to cook beef <laughs> but uh <laughs> Uh, uh, Donnie, uh, I guess, uh, do, do you have a real tree? Do you go out and cut cut a real tree, or, or do you go and support a local farmer, or, or do you have a fake tree? We went to a fake tree, I guess, three years ago when the last daughter left for college. And so 
You know, it was always kind of a family event going to get the tree, et cetera. And believe it or not, what I would do is I'd just go out and get a tree that was in the fence line and bring it in and we'd decorate it. And I thought it served two positive purposes, get it out of the fence line. And it usually was a cedar tree yep. and we had decorated it up and make the house smell like cedar. Yep. A lot, a lot of folks, they, uh, out, out here, we cut juniper, br- br- uh, juniper brushes down and then they make pretty good trees. Obviously that'd be a cedar, I guess we'd call those out here, but. But uh, my wife and I, we uh, we we've support we've supported local uh, Christmas tree farmers the last few years because her her dad and brother they'll go out and, and they got nice trees on the ranch, but they, they take way too long and they're too picky. Well, I I, I don't have patience for that. I, I to, to wait to, to go and find the perfect tree when it's only ten degrees. So we support our local Christmas tree farmers. That's that's the best thing for us. And, and Mark, you're probably still chaining up and, and taking a, a square body seventies uh, or eighties model pickup up there to, to get a tree right. No, we haven't done that in a while. We, uh, of course, it's a felony to cut down a tree in our part of the world because the wind is so tough on them. But so we, we've been buying ours locally uh, because we usually know who's running them through. It's a local business. And so we've done that, especially if they're a charitable uh, organization that has them. So we've kind of we've kind of digressed a little bit. But my, my dad's 88 or almost 88. He still could probably whip me in the, in the truck arena, but uh, – I don't think he wants to do that much anymore. Well, it's uh, obviously it, it's 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 fun to share these stories because uh, so much of the time we get caught up in and uh, what we're doing on our home operations and frustrations with uh, situations in the cattle industry and so much of the time uh, I just enjoy being able to to go back and forth and, and share some of these fun holiday stories that 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 uh, we can share uh, with each other and with our audience out there because we all we all have those Christmas stories. Uh, good, good or bad, but at the end of the day, most of them are good. Um, it, it's just, again, I, I'm looking forward to being surrounded by family here in just a few short weeks. But, you know, we look we look at this and we're proud of our traditions and we're proud of our families and uh, to be able to come together. But over the past year, uh, gentlemen, what, what have you been most proud of as we wrap up this year, look towards the Christmas holiday, then the new year? Uh, Don, what have you been most uh, proud of uh, this year uh, being being in leadership at NCBA? Well, I really appreciate the manner in which I think NCBA has become way better membership driven. You know, there are parts of the world, I think, that maybe at times were wondering whether or not their voices were being heard. And I think we've turned that corner pretty hard. And I think uh, anybody who's paying attention, I would say, would say, boy, the NCBA of today is pretty doggone membership driven. We want to know what you have to say, and we're going to listen to you and follow through if we at all possibly can. And Mark, same question. What do you feel you're most proud of uh, with uh, your time uh, and uh, volunteering and leadership positions at NCBA this year? You know, the thing that drives us forward is how can we help our producers, regardless of what segment they're in. And I just look at the laundry list of things that we took on. Some that were already there, some that came through as a, as a new development. There's always something new coming down the pike. And we accomplished a lot of those things. We made the, the atmosphere environment for those producers a lot better and, and gave them a fighting chance, give them a chance to do better, make, make a good product and, and be successful in, in whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish. And 
I think that just I think Donnie hit the nail on the head. I think that uh, what NCBA does now is is uh, really well done. It's definitely member driven. So as we look to 2022, and it's it's hard to believe, I, I know we had that later convention this year in August down in Nashville, and we're going to be gathering down in, in Houston. I just think of the Gatlin brothers when I when I think of Houston and uh, in the song that they sing. I'm not going to sing for our audience. I, I, I don't want them to turn the podcast <laughs> off. But, uh, you know, it was a great way. We wrapped up the convention in 2021 at the Grand Old Opry. We're looking forward to getting down to... Uh, down to Houston, maybe make our way down to Galveston. Oh, I could just keep going with these with these songs, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> but I won't. Uh, I'll, I'll save that for an after party during convention. But uh, uh, Mark, what are you looking forward to as we start a fresh year in 2022 and, and working towards bettering the cattle business uh, for cattlemen and women? Well, one of the things I'm hoping for is something uh, short of faith that won't uh, that that won't help beyond that is is we need a change in the weather. We need some of the folks to, to have some moisture. We need to have fewer wildfires and forest fires, and, and give these guys a chance to enjoy the fruits and the bounty of their of their operations. Uh, we can work on the markets. We can work on transportation. We can work on taxes. But Mother Nature has a big hand in this. And, and we just have to hope, pray for some real help. And uh, and some of us will get it. I think that we, we're the eternal optimists and, and we'll look for something better over the horizon. Very true. And Don, as you prepare to take the helm of NCBA uh, uh, at the convention, I, I know there's obviously delegate business that has to be done there, but uh, you're on the trajectory to be the, the next president of NCBA. What, what are you looking forward to most as, uh, as we, we look at all the issues and possible issues on the horizon? You know, I guess front and center for me is making our industry more united, more coming together on various issues you know to me it's, it's almost like this holiday season that we're that is upon us you know we have family members that we don't always agree with exactly but i think just like our industry all the players with their in their industry have to understand and respect that well we may not agree on every issue we are collectively the beef industry and i think we need to begin to work together in that kind of manner and that kind of thought process and i think hopefully over this coming year the ag industry the beef business gets more united more agreeable and less dissension especially in the papers and in the media well again gentlemen i always just want to thank uh, anyone that is a volunteer leader whether that be in their local cattlemen's group on the state level or on the national level it's always taking time away from your operations which is never easy and, and your families uh, support you and uh, it, it's always it's always a pleasure to, to catch up and and i also do want to thank all those volunteer firefighters emts all the first responders that have had a, a time this year with those wildfires and the issues that drought has caused across uh, the west where i am from where mark's from and, and all the other producers that have battled something here but uh, i want to take my hat off this holiday season to those first responders that um, most of the time in our small rural communities are volunteers and if you're thinking of uh, making a donation i encourage you folks to, to make a christmas gift to your local uh, rural fire departments and, and those first responders because our, our rural communities can't survive with 
without them. So I, I just want to give a shout out to our, our rural um, first responders and uh, think about maybe uh, volunteering and doing some training to, to, to do that as well. But uh, uh, back, back to maybe our, our, our guests here. What, what maybe uh, did, have, have either of you have ever got coal? In your uh, Christmas stockings for for <laughs> back in the day, Donnie, I, I don't know. Were, were you one of those kids well, that? Uh... I I tell you what, I haven't always been the best behaved. I never have gotten cold, but there's certainly many times I probably deserved it, Lane. But uh, fortunately, I think Santa is more forgiving than most think. <laughs> Well, hopefully you don't get cold this year from your wife if she listens to this one. I had to use a few of these new sound sound uh, sound uh, sound options I have here on the on the the new podcast platform. But but Mark, how about yourself? Do you ever receive coal for for maybe revving that engine and burning burning some uh, uh, rubber on on the pavement or the two track? You know, there's been a few times I've been surprised I didn't get some coal. Uh, but uh, I think there was usually pence to have to be paid for it afterwards. But, uh, you know, it, it gave me reason and time to reflect on what I'd done or how I'd done it. And maybe I could do it better next time. So there was a lesson there to be learned. <laughs> well, maybe uh, we all have lessons that we can learn in our lives. But, you know, as we gather every single year at the our cattle conventions, uh, we learn. We're looking to improve our operations. And with that August Cattle Industry Convention and NCBA trade show just a, about six months behind us now, what, what are some innovations or new trends that you might uh, try to implement on your ranch in the coming new year? Uh, Mark, I'll ask you that question first. You know, walking into any of that, the trade show and the, or any of the committee meetings, it's just an amazing amount of things to absorb. But fortunately, plagiarism is kind of a good thing in our industry. We will bring home some new electronic technology. We're liking the ultrasound for both uh, uh, preg checking in for, and reading the, uh, the uh, ribeyes on the cattle, uh, especially our finished and feeder cattle. Uh, those are some of the things we're like. We're really interested in. The, in we're using some of the drone technology, and now the newest one is this uh, electronic hidden fence. We'll see how that plays out. But those are always time savers and, and mile savers, and if they uh, help us improve and, and deliver better product, well, that's it. Be all the better. And Don, how about yourself? Anything you're looking to maybe uh, implement and improve your operation in the new year? Well, this current year is the year we went to all electronic ID with the animals. And, you know, as the whole family was just a little bit reluctant on entrusting a computer and a tag that you can't see numbers on very well, I tell you what, it's been a godsend from just a labor data management standpoint. So it's been a huge, huge win for us. And obviously, you're going to take uh, th- this this uh, th- this year to to look at all that data and uh, and maybe see how there's other new technologies that you can just implement and and, and run off of that as well. Yeah, you know, you can't uh, manage what you don't measure, right? So you better start measuring the things you want to improve on. And boy, that's a tool that helps you just make lots of improvements if you're willing to uh, 
look at the various information. Well, that might have to be a separate show that we do, Don, with uh, uh, how, how that's going and maybe some of your technology experts. Uh, so I'll take a note on that. That sounds like an interesting uh, future Cattleman's Call podcast. <laughs> it's been enjoyable. And finally, uh, uh, I'll let you both have the floor. Uh, Mark, what is a message, a holiday message you have for the nation's cattlemen and women here at the end of 2021? Well, be thankful for our blessings. Uh, be optimistic and look forward to the future. And try to remember that uh, the pendulum you usually swing if you've had a bad year and uh, you've stuck by your guns and you've tried to pre-plan, sometimes that's all anybody can do. Maybe you'll have a better year. And uh, I guess that's what makes us eternal optimists. Very true. Don, same question. What is a message you have during this holiday season for our cattlemen and women tuning in today? Yeah, I would just remind them to never forget that we are blessed to do the greatest thing God can bestow on somebody. That is take care of their environment and do so with a family. From a job standpoint, I can't imagine any of us enjoying a job for the rest of our lives more so than raising cattle. It's a great lifestyle, and it's one that will have a strong foundation for many years to come because of the hard work that you and so many uh, uh, leaders in NCBA have uh, put into ensuring this upright future. So uh, to all of our listeners, I just want to say uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Um, we just sent a truck of our last cows from our reservation place to the auction yards uh, just uh, last week. That's tough when uh, there's just uh, not enough grass and uh, hay is too expensive. And uh, so many of us have had to make those tough decisions. But you know what? We're going to regroup. We're going to look at new opportunities. And uh, because uh, we we've been in this business a long time, and uh, you can't uh, stay in it without looking at new ways of doing it. And we're going to pray for snow and rain this year here in the West. So, gentlemen, thank you both for, for joining us, as always. And I look forward to seeing you both coming up soon in Houston, Texas at the 2022 Cattle Industry Convention. Merry Christmas. Thank you both so much. And we're going to have Dan McCarty play us out as always. I'm Lee Nordland. Thanks for joining us here on the Cattleman's Call podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to NCBA's Cattleman's Call podcast with Lane Nordland. For more information, visit ncba.org and make sure to subscribe to the podcast today.